this morning, we're actually going to learn both sikhas, um, because the sikhas this week are short, uh, much shorter than they usually are. And because there's been some discussion um, on the chat <clears throat> regarding learning in Yiddish versus learning in Hebrew, um, I thought that this could be the perfect opportunity to float um, learning a sikh in Yiddish and see how people actually feel about it, not just in theory, but um, in practice. Um, but first, we're going to learn a sikh in Hebrew, which is our chazaka, and uh, that is the sikh from Chilak Yutes, <clears throat> the sikh on Elul, Beis in Chilak Yutes. And we're learning, as we have been, for the speedy and complete refuah for Harav Yosef Yitzchak ben Simachasya. Elul Beis, Sif Aleph. Kiyadua, it's well known. Chaydish Elul Mechaber's Hashana Sha'avram Hashana Habba'a. Chaydish Elul, which we're about to enter, Mitzvah on uh, tomorrow night, is the bridge. It connects the year that we just finished, we're about to finish with the year that is coming upon us. And therefore, the, the Aveda, the spiritual service of Elul, is a doubled one. First of all, we have to make a true calculation. We have to take spiritual inventory, stock taking, and to do so honestly. And we have to do tshuva for the things we did that were less than stellar. And when we do this, we do two things. We actually achieve a tikkun, a rectification for the year. And we bring hashlama. We bring it to fruition. We complete everything that had to happen in the last year. That's one aspect of Elul. And beis hachana l'shana haba. And then there's the welcoming or the going towards the preparation for the coming year, through taking on haklatas, through making resolutions to do more positive things. And through this, we ensure and sealed for a good year, a sweet year. And because the names of the months, Nisan, Iyar, etc., are terms that were used for these months in Torah, and the parentheses, Rebbe says, and this is so much so the case that some of them are even brought down in Tanakh because people always say that the names are based on uh, Babylonian uh, language and, and so on and so forth. But the Rebbe brings down the Yerushalmi that talks about how these names were brought down in Torah and certain names were brought down in Torah like the name Elul is in the Sefer Nechemia. So move on, it's understood. So if the names are mentioned in Torah, then it's understood that the names of these months um, reflect and express the innermost um, content of the month. 
ועל דרך זה יש למר בענייננו, שבשם אלו מרומזים בייז האבוידס הנסגורס דחיידש זה. And so we are going to apply it to the name that we are discussing today, which is Elul. And in Elul, uh, there are two Avedis, two spiritual services that are alluded to in this name Elul. V'lachin, matzinu b'in haremazim b'tevas Elul, sh'tevazu nechlekas l'beis chalakim. So the Rebbe says, among the things that are alluded to in the name Elul, there's this idea that the word Elul is divided into two parts. And the two aspects to which Elul is subdivided, each one speaks to one of the two aspects of Aveda that we spoke of over, uh, uh, above. Okay, so the Rebbe says that the name Elul contains within a binary, and that alludes to the dual function of Chaydash Elul. On one hand, it's stock taking of the year that just passed and restoring or uh, repairing that which went wrong, and in this way, completing the year that passed. And then the second aspect is preparing for the year to come. And both of these are alluded to in the two aspects of Elul as they are now going to be broken down. Si'if Beis. Min haramazim hanal be'elul. So among the things that are alluded to in the name Elul, Aleph, the Rebbe brings down two ways of understanding the name Elul. First, he begins with a bir chayk admar tzemach tzedek. He begins with an explanation that the tzemach tzedek taught. Shetevas Elul that the word Elul is comprised of two words, Loi with an Aleph and Loi with a Vav. You have to move the Aleph before the Lamed and you have to move the Vav after the Lamed. But then you get the word Loi with an Aleph, which means no, and Loi with a Vav, which means his. So the Tzemach Tzedek taught that the loy with an Aleph teaches, points to the level of Keser that Hasidus teaches is transcendent over the whole Seder Hishtalshlos, the whole um, chain-like devolution of the light and the energy of a Kaddish Baruch Hu and how, to, how it had to come down and be obscured and obfuscated over and over and over again until a physical world could be created. So the lay speaks to that. And the lay with a vav, Moira alza, inin hashtalshlos. And the lay with a vav teaches us about zer ampin, the six Midas, which is the Indian of Hishtalshalus, of how the godly light and energy comes down into this world and is expressed here. And the Rebbe brings down Kimavur from the Arhatayra, the Indian, Behold Sarasam Loitzar. So this is a Pasuk in Yeshayahu. And literally it means in all of their angst and pain, he was, and this is of course with a capital H, Hashem 
was paint. That's how it would be if you spelled it with a vav. But the ksiv, but when you look at the pasuk, hu loitzar, vahakri hu loi, with a vav. So there's a, uh, many examples of this uh, um, in the Torah, where something is written in one way, but then when you teach it or you speak it, you you say it the other way. So in the pasuk, it says, loi tsar. And Rashi on this pasuk says, the, the, the pshat, that it means that even when Hashem was punishing them, loi tsar, Hashem didn't do it with a complete punishment. In other words, on one hand, they had tsaris, and the other hand, loi tsar, Hashem didn't give them the, the fullness of what they could have felt. But the Cree, but the way that you learn it, the way that you articulate it, is loy with a vav. That every time Hashem has to punish us, it's it's painful for him. So how do we see this idea of on one hand keser and on the other hand za in this? on the part of the aspect of the divine that is completely unaffected by anything that goes on outside of it. In that place, nothing can in any way, shape, or form impact Hashem. So on that level, in all of their tsaris, he is not affected. Okay, that's not the pshat. That's the that's 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 a a deeper way of understanding it. But then mitzadza, but from the perspective of seitishdalshalos of zayar ampin of the six midos, then whenever the yidin have a tsara, loitzar the apister feels it. Because on the level of Ishtalshalos, on the level of Zer Ampin, there is very much the way in which we impact the Ebishter. The Ebishter is impacted by what we do, what we don't do, etc., etc. Okay, so now that we understand a little bit more about that Elul can be divided into parts, lay with Aleph and lay with Avav. And the Rebbe brought us a Pasuk in the Torah. We can see how it fits into the actual Pasuk and understand a little bit more. Now the Rebbe circles back and says, okay, so what do we learn about Chaydash Elul from the lay with Aleph and the lay with Avav? Shebechaydash Elul, Okay, this is not the same thing as what we, a lot of us have learned from kindergarten, that in Elul, the Melech Basada, the Melech comes out to us. This is not that in it. This is the Rebbe saying that it's Yadua, that in Chaydash Elul, the 13 aspects of Hashem's Rachamim saturate the universe, but they are lemaila mehistalshlos. This is the aspect of the divine that transcends. This is the aspect of loy with an aleph. No, no impact. Not, not, not impacted by what we do. Aval ha'orazu 
היא באופן שנמשכת בהשתלשלות בבחינת פנימיות, לא היא בבב. But, miraculously, paradoxically, Hashem gives us with the fact that from this level, which is loy with Aleph, which is completely transcended from everything else, and we shouldn't be impacted by it, and we don't impact it, but the Ebeshtim makes that in Elul, it should be loy with Avav, that there should be a Ha'ora, that there should be a, a um, rays of this transcendent light that come into this world. They come in in Hishtalshalas, and they come in in a way that is bepanemius. It enters our existence. So that's one perush on Chodesh Elul. And how Elul speaks to the binary of the Avodes. Okay. Then the Rebbe brings down perush Avi Adoni Meiri Rabbi. This is from his father's Torah. And Reb Levik taught Shashem Elul Morkav Mitevas Oi Ubeis Oisios Lamit. And the Rebbe's father taught that the word Elul is comprised of, on the one hand, the word Oi, Aleph Vav, and then there's two Lamits. Oi Moira Alspheras Hamalchus Kadisa Bezoyer. Oi is a um, teaches us, it points to the sphere of Malchus, as the Zayar explains, obeys Ha'isis Aleph Vav, and Malchus is, of course, the seventh sphere of Seder Shalshlus, and the two letters Aleph and Vav equal seven. And so the Reimzais obeys Ha'bechinais Ha'ikriyais de Malchus. And these two letters, Aleph and Vav, point and allude to the two most important aspects of Malchus. So, let, just before I go any further, I'll explain, not I'll explain, I'll just remind us that every sphera is comprised of all the other spheres. So Malchus is the seventh sphera, but in Malchus, there's all the other spheres. So in Malchus, the Aleph of Oi alludes to Keser de Malchus. It speaks to the transcendent aspect of Malchus, the tippy, tippy, tippy point, the highest point. The Havav and the Vav speaks to Das de Malchus, speaks to the aspect of Malchus, which the Rebbe is going to explain in, in uh, soon, um, that Das comprises all the Midas in it already. Ube, okay, so that's the Aleph and the Vav. Ubeis Oisis Lamid. And what about the two Lamids in the in the word Elul? Moiris al Shloishim Hamalchus Nikneis. They speak to the Mishnah in Pekiabis that says that Malchus is only acquired with 30 attributes. The Kiban Sha'ini Zesh Hamalchus Nikneis Bishlaisha Mailis, Bishlaisha Mailis, Ham Shachel Yoyna Hanim Shechas Bemalchus. And since Malchus is only acquired with these 30 attributes, and since we have, we're dealing with two aspects of Malchus, we're dealing with Keser de Malchus, and we're dealing with the Vav, which speaks to Das, which Das includes in it all the six meters. 
So we have two Lamids in Chaydash Elo, one under Aleph, which deals with or alludes to Keser, and one after the Vav that alludes to the other lower aspects of Malchus. And what's the connection to Chaydash Elo? So the Reb explains that Chorban Habayish Chaydash of What's the month that comes right before Elo? Chaydash Av. And when the, the bias, when, when, when the base Hamidish was destroyed, Paga Be'ikar Besviras Hamalchus. So we know, right, this is axiomatic to Hasidus, that everything that happens in this world is a pale reflection of something that happens in the celestial heights. So the destruction of the Mikdash here points to something that went awry above in the spheres. And the Rebbe says that the main thing that was that was Paga, that was Nifka, that was um that was harmed, like in like in Israel, uh, uh, a terror event is a pigua. The main thing that 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 was harmed was the sphere of Malchus. Now Think about it. The Beis Hamikdash is the manifestations of, Hash- of Hashem's Shekhinah. This is the idea of Malchus. Malchus is always about the manifestation of something, right? Malchus necessitates, the only one of the spheres necessitates somebody else. Because Malchus is all about manifestation. So the Beis Hamikdash was the place where Hashem's Shekhinah was manifest. That's what Malchus is. But then what happens in Chaydash Elul? We know that the whole avoid of Elul, which comes to a crescendo on Rosh Hashanah, is all about the rebuilding of Hashem's Malchus, as it were, right? That's the whole avoid of Rosh Hashanah, is to, to, to arouse in Hashem the desire to be a melech over us. Gimel. So now that the Rebbe has given us, first of all, the basis that there's two avoides in Chaydash Elo. Then the Rebbe gave us two different ways of understanding Alpi Chasidus, the, the word Elo. Now the Rebbe says in Gimel, and you could say, Rabbi. The, the, the connection between what my father taught, Leperish had Semach Tzedek, to what the Semach Tzedek taught, Huloi Rak Bezesh Bishneim Meir Aleph Ala Keser Shalemaila Mishal Shlos Vavav Al Maham Shachas Bepnimius. It's not just that both of them speak to the same idea, that the Aleph speaks to the transcendent aspect of the divine, and that the Vav speaks to bringing it down in an inner way. So these are all themes in Hasidus that we come up against constantly, right? The idea of makif and the idea of pnimi. Or every time we make a bracha, we say baruch ata. Ata speaks to the way the Ebeshter is up close and personal, as it were, right? But then you go Hashem, Elokeinu, Melech Ha'elam, all the transcendent aspects. Or you learn in Lysia, Mishakela, like the whole conundrum. Does what we do impact Hashem or does it not impact Hashem, right? And the whole discussion that there's two aspects of the Ebeshter constantly, we're dealing with the imminent and the transcendent. 
So the Rebbe says, but there's much more of a connection between these two in Yanim of what we learn from Chaydash Elul, from the Tzemach Tzedek and from my father, than just the fact that they both point to this binary that Aleph speaks to the transcendent, to Keser, and Vav speaks to the way that you bring it down, Bapnemius. So he says that um, either, my, my, like the Tzemach Tzedek said, that the Vav is Zah, Keper Shatzemach Tzedek, Oi Das, or the way my father explains it, that the Vav is about Das, Shehu Maftecha Decholol Shis, that Das is the key that includes the six, the, the six Midas that come after. But the Rebbe says that's not all. Elagam binagel letevois loy veloy but there is also a deep connection between what my father taught and the loy with Aleph and the loy with Avav that the Tzemach Tzedek explained. The reason that the two main aspects or modalities of Malchus are Keser on the one hand and Das on the other hand. Mivar Avi Adoni Meir Rabbi, my father explains, Sharesh is called Sarech Liyais Ha'oineg Vaharatzain Limlech. Zehu Keser Malchus. Okay, so now we're going to go into something that is the 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 nexus of the Hasidus surrounding Rosh Hashanah and the Avoida of a Yid a Rosh Hashanah. That first of all, there has to be the evoking of the pleasure and the desire of the king to reign. And that is called Keser Malchus. So very, very quickly, we could explain that in every person, right? Because Adam Adam Elyon, we were created B'Tselem Elokim. So we could see in our own persona, in our own inner landscape, a person has cognition. And cognition is measurable. And a person has midas. We have emotive characteristics. And that too is kind of measurable with metrics. But the transcendent aspects of a person where it really all begins, and that which propels and fuels everything we do, is oineg and rutzen. It's pleasure and the desire. And then everything else can, can kind of kick in. So he says that my father explained, meaning Reblavik explained, that first of all, the avoid of a yid is to evoke, to kickstart, as it were, the pleasure and the desire of the abister to, to, to reign over us. Zehu keser malchus. So this is the aspect of the transcendent aspect of malchus. Shekeser hua einig Because keser, keser always denotes this transcendent aspect of the pleasure and the desire. Um, and I just want to say one more word about rutzen. Just like by way of example, imagine somebody with vast resources 
throws a most uh, luxurious party for everybody in New York City or anybody that wants to make their way into New York City. You could come and you could enjoy delights that maybe you never ever tasted in your life and more of it than you'll ever get anywhere else. And there's going to be party favors and it's going to be amazing. Okay. So it's a lot of fun. A lot of people are going to make their way to New York to enjoy. There's only one slight catch. This person doesn't know who's coming and they frankly don't care. So yes, you could go to gorge and to enjoy, but don't think for a moment that you're coming to a party that somebody's throwing because they don't know you're coming, they don't know you're going, and they have no interest, okay? As opposed to a simple party, but the person invited you. They want you to come. And your coming is going to make all the difference. So that's why there's so much emphasis in Hasidus that the first Avoid of Rosh Hashanah is to evoke Hashem's Ratzin to be Melech over us. Because Hashem is Melech Malchim Loch Baruch Hashem is going to be the Melech as long as Hashem wants to be the Melech. But is Hashem going to be a Melech Beratzin? Because that's that. Is a, is a whole different thing. And that means that I matter and you matter and each person matters because Hashem has delight in us and wants to be a melech over us. And by the way, this also answers an oft-asked question, which is, it would seem that Yom Kippur should come before Rosh Hashanah, wouldn't it? Yom Kippur is when we seek atonement. So first of all, we should clean our slate. We should get our things in order. Everything should be good. And then we're going to come and ask for Ksivach Simataiva. Vosfar Seder is this, that first you ask for Ksivach Simataiva. And only then do you go and ask for forgiveness? Really, that's a Ashtikel Chutzpah. Because if you know that you did things wrong and you're lacking... You you should you should try to clean up your act before you ask for more goodness. But Hasidus explains no, because once you have evoked Hashem's Ratzin to be a melech over you, then the particulars of your relationship actually matter. But before you have evoked and solidified this Ratzin, so. <laughs> What the, so so what you do or you don't do makes a difference. It's it's not tefis makam bechlal. It it's it's not important to anybody. It doesn't take up any room. So the rabbi says, my father explained that first there has to be the einig of the Abishter to 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 reign over us. This is keser malchus or keser who einig vaharatzin. Aval kivan shein melech b'loy am, but because there is a very well-known axiom. There can't be a king without a nation. If you don't have a nation, you're not a king. <speaking in Hebrew> 
But because you can't be a king without a nation, therefore the king, as it were, the Abishter, has to condense and contract himself, Kav and bring down aspects of this. And this is the Vav, the Hamshacha, into Zeir Ampin, into the six meters. V'zehu das de Malchus. And what's the difference between these two modalities? From the perspective of the desire and the pleasure in reigning, which is the transcendent aspect, on that level, the king is completely aloof from the nation. He's completely transcendent. He's completely separated. Because on the level of just the Einik and Ratzin, all you feel on that level is the exaltedness of, of, of the king, of Hashem, the way in which he is transcendent. And so there's no room on that level for the common folk, for the Am, for the people on the street. Masha Enkein, but in contradistinction, Bidagas Das de Malchus, but on the level of Das, on the level of Hishtalshalos, on the level of the six Am, and this is the way the king comes down and Umanig Oisam and actually leads them, Ali de by putting out different um decrees and so on, on that level, what the nation will or will not do is very important. Imagine a king puts out all kinds of decrees and, and everybody fights, nobody listens. So that's that's not uh, a good feeling. So on that level, it's Negeya. So this is where we have the connection between what my father taught and what the Semach taught about Elo being comprised of Loi and Loi. Ki befchinas keser de malchus sheba ma'aseh atachtrenim enem toif simokayim because on the level of keser where what the people do below doesn't make a difference. He ne bechold sarasam loi tsar on that level take loi it's loi with aleph we don't figure. But in contrast, on the level of das, of malchus, on that level, it's all about what the people do. Then it's lay with above. Then, then he is affected by them. Dalit. And so the binary of Chaydash Elo, fixing and redressing what happened in the year that passed and preparing for the year that is to come, they are these two avodas, generally speaking, in consonance with what we just spoke of, the transcendent aspect of Hashem, and the imminent aspect of Hashem. Iker ha'avoyedet Rosh Hashanah, he lifol as ident ha'mlichuni alechem. 
the most important and the main Avedah Rosh Hashanah is to effectuate Hashem's desire to be our king. Hachtaras HaKadosh Baruch literally crowning God. Lo'oirer es ha'hisnasos ha'atzmis sheba ain't fisas mokom lemasa ha'tachtanim kenal. What do we do on Rosh Hashanah? We are tasked with evoking the exalted atzmos of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where there is no way that anything that is done can actually impact that. That's the aspect of Hashem that we have to, that we have to impact. And so, of course, anybody listening to this, their, their brain is screaming out, that's impossible. That, 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 what, what are you talking about? You're saying that this is the level of loy with Aleph, loy, nobody can impact this. And then you're saying that that's exactly the level that has to be aroused by a Yid, a Rosh Hashanah, through their Avaita, through their Tefillah. <laughs> Make up your mind. I'm not a big uh, knower of science or technology or anything for that matter, but it occurs to me that maybe we could use the concept of AI, which I admittedly know nothing about, um, to help us here. I mean, the Rebbe is going to give us the, the, the answer, but sometimes it helps us to like bring a parallel from the world that we live in. So my understanding is that the reason why people are so anxious about artificial intelligence is because we have basically come into this paradox. Human invention and cognition has created something that will surpass human cognition. <laughs> and because it's going to surpass human cognition, it, uh, millions and billions of jobs will be overtaken by this and so on and so forth. Of course, Davisha has a plan and we don't have to get too anxious about this, but we can see how people who don't believe that Davisha has a plan, uh, Khalila, um, can be very, very anxious about this. But it's this idea of we created a monster that's bigger than us. It's it's this paradox, right? Because AI didn't come, didn't didn't uh, was it spontaneous birth, <laughs> and uh, you know it wasn't immaculate conception. So this was something that human beings created, but now its power far surpasses what we have. And I say something: it works till it doesn't. Okay, so we're not going to go down that rabbit hole now. But yeah, uh, you know, you're yeah. talking about the the, the, um, the 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 analog, the analogy yeah. works, so it doesn't. Yes, tell us how. No, because the Abraham never ever lets us down. But the the uh, oh, I mean, I have no interest in all that. But every so often, I hear the problems people have because it just it's not working. It's wrong. It made a mistake. It it caused. Terrible problems, you know. Oh, so AI works until it doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yep, 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 yep. You have to check it if you're planning to hand in a paper, which you're not allowed to do. It's against academic rules right now. It's in uh, the handbook. This is the first semester. Okay. Um, but Reb is gonna, of course, give us the, the real answer. Um, so this is a theme that we have spoken of in various sikhs. So uh Rosh Hashanah. We say, choose us, choose us as your as your nachala, as your inheritance. 
כי האינן תמכוני על בני ישראל הוא לא מצד אבידוסם בתור מצווסיה. Because as we said last week, and last week's sikha, the Ebshu doesn't choose us because of our great avoida and our stellar learning of his Torah and the care with and precision with which we keep his mitzvahs. Ela mitzad habchira hachofshiz delemayla. But Hashem chose us out of bechira chafshiz. True and ultimate and pristine choice, which nobody else has, only the Ebshu has. And why are we able to impact Atmos of Hashem, which is completely transcendent? Because our Nishamas are rooted in Atmos of the Ebishter, which also transcends the root of Torah Mitzvahs. Vilachain in the brackets. Therefore, Hashem says, <laughs> I can't, I can't trade them with any other nation. It's true. They have a lot of faults. They have a lot of foibles. But despite this, I can't trade them. Irrespective of the fact that the Eden are very lacking in their avoid of Torah mitzvahs, I'm not trading them in. So, because our nishamas are rooted in the atmos of, of the Abishtar that transcends everything, therefore we have the paradoxical ability to be to arouse that aspect of Hashem. But how do we do it? Only by first arousing in ourselves the beetle our etzapan shama. So that is the transcendent aspect of the Avaida of Elo and Rosh Hashanah. Aval Hatikun Halashana Sha'avra, who while Yide Cheshman Sedek Sha'isa Adam Benegela Avaida Satara Mitzvah. But then there's the second aspect, and that is redressing what happened in the previous year. And how do you do that? That you have to involve your seichel. You have to involve your mitas. And you have to really make a cheshbon ha-nefesh keitzat kiyem eschukei ha-melech. How did I do in fulfilling the edicts of the king? And this aspect is the vav. This aspect is the das. This aspect is the aspect of malchus as it hinges on the um, because ain melech bali um. Is it, is it possible to explain again in Dalad the, the paragraph just before the last one? I don't understand. How does the word choosing fit with the fact that it has, that it's not because of any Bechir I, it seems, I don't really understand it. Okay. So what the Rebbe is saying... On the one hand, is saying choosing. On the other hand, is saying there's no choice. No. It, it, it's it's, it's, choice, it's choice as only the Abishter has it. Meaning, when we make a choice, it's impacted by all kinds of factors external to us. When the Abishter makes a choice, it's impacted by nothing. That is why it is the pristine and 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 only example of true choice. And therefore, it's not dependent on what the Bnei Yisrael do or don't do. And that's uh, okay. why the Midrash quotes Hashem as saying, I'm kind of stuck. 
Lachlifamba to 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 switch them with another nation, I can't. Or like we had uh, we have the same Indian by Tias Mitraim, right? The Malachim said Baruchu. Wait a minute, <laughs> why are you killing all of these Mitraim? They did a Vaidazar and, and Bene Israel did a Vaidazar and they just said strike. Because that's it. Because it's an Indian Bechira that, that, that transcends all Cheshbainis. So that's the transcendent aspect. The Lai with Aleph. No, there's no, no, nothing that impacts. Then the second part of Elul is what are you doing about the year that just passed? That, that's all on you. Right, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, sure. Dalit. But since Elul is after all one word, so it's understood that the two aspects of Elul, the lay with Aleph and the lay with Avav, are not two disparate things that are just floating in the ether. But rather they are intertwined. Like the Tzimachsedek explained that in Elul is connected the loy and the loy. I love using the term intersectionality. And the explanation is, So the loy aspect, which again speaks to the Hamshacha Lamata, it speaks to how the Abishra's light comes down as Seder Shalshalos. It speaks, according to the Rebbe's father, to Das. This is the Indian of Tshuva. This is the Indian of repenting and redressing the things that we did that were not okay. V'haslicha v'hakapora alamaisim haloi toivim. So look what's going on here. The, uh, the work that we have to do in the lie precipitates a level of lie that is far beyond anything, completely transcendent from what we can touch. And that's a yud gimel midas harachamim. Ki davka mitam zeshe ein masa hatachtoinim nageyasham, nimshochem misham kapara v'tikun al-chet v'chisarim b'mais achtoinim u'bavoidet Torah mitzvahs. This is like so staggeringly beautiful because it's a transcendent place where what we do and what we don't do can't touch that. Therefore, from there could come the forgiveness and the atonement and, and all the hamshachas that we need. It's the same Indian as Anyam Kippur and especially during the Ilah, that's when the Yechida is exposed. And that's why the Rebbe has so many sikhs about the fact that on Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur itself, Yom Kippur itself gives you already atonement. Because on that level, where the Yechid is exposed, <laughs> sins? What kind of sins? What, you're sitting in a bar and you're eating a BLT sandwich? Maybe she doesn't, is not affected by that. Maybe she doesn't love you any less on that level. Sorry, somebody want to say something? On the other hand, and on the other hand, the transcendent aspect of Elul, 
coming towards the new year, preparing for Rosh Hashanah, preparing to coronate Hashem, as it were. That's the aspect of Malchus where we, we can't reach. But what's the goal? And what's the intention of crowning Hashem? That's the loy with above. But in the final analysis, what's the whole point of the transcendent aspect? What's the whole point of Akhtar's Hamelech? It's all to keep the Chuke Hamelech. It's all to do the Torah and Mitzvahs in the minutia of our everyday. So the Chab explained in Dalit how Elul is comprised of both and they inform each other. And through this avoida, we are able to effectuate that Hashem's choice of us that is completely transcendent. Hashem's choice of us that is completely transcendent. It shouldn't stay in that level that's higher, that's transcendent in the in the in the level of loy with aleph. But it should be revealed down here below in the loy with above. In Aksiba Vahasima Taiva Lishana Taiva Musuka Lakal Echad Vahas Misrael Bitaiv Hanir Vahanigla Lamata Mesarat Vahim. Everybody in Bene Israel should be gebenched, should be written and sealed for a good year and a sweet year. And it should be in a way that is open and manifest and Lamata Mesarat Vahim concretized and 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 practical and in the everyday. That's our first sicha. Um, now we're going to go to our second sicha. It's Shoiftim Aleph in Chelek Chavdalit. And uh, this is our debut in Yiddish. And um, we'll see what, how people feel. And maybe we'll um, do one and one. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll discuss. We'll do this in um, dem- democratic fashion. Okay, Shaiftim Aleph Chilek Chavdalit Sif Aleph. Benegayet to their mitzvah for Minui Melech, same Tassim Alecha Melech, is Yadua de Shaila. So in this parsha of Shaiftim, begins with the mitzvah of choosing a king. And there is a very well known question about this mitzvah. Bishas Eden Ham Gibetim by Shmuel Hanavit Nalanu Melech. Is there dafun given zeir um tzafridin? When Bnei Yisrael Ashmol Hanavi to give them a king, he was very unhappy with their request. And the Ebeister also said they disgusted me. Ulechayra seemingly. So why did Hashem say they disgusted me? Why was Shmuel Hanavi so upset with Bnei Yisrael? Wasn't this a mitzvah that Hashem gave Bnei Yisrael? And specifically, according to what we learn in Gemara Sanhedrin, the Gemara says that among all the mitzvahs that uh, were precipitated by entrance into Eretz Yisrael, there were three that were most important. And the first was that they should have a king. But their fun is moving, as does is a mitzvah nalis be, I say. 
So from this, we understand that it's not just uh, any mitzvah, and, and there's no such thing as just any mitzvah, but this is one of the most exalted mitzvahs. And even among all the mitzvahs that can only be done in Eretz HaKadosh, this has a special place. So why the upset? <laughs> why was Shmuel Hanavi disgruntled? Why was the Abishar upset? On the other hand, if they're asking for a king was a negative thing, and so if it was a bad thing, why did the Abishar give in to them? In other words, your kids are asking you for a cookie. No, they might wear you down and they nudge you enough, you give them a cookie. But a cookie, uh, unless they have certain medical situation, is 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 benign. But if, you're, if your eight-year-old is going to ask you for the keys to the car, even if they ask you 800 times, you most likely are not going to give you the keys to the car. So if this was a terrible thing, why did the Ebishter Nachgeben, why did he give in to their request? See if base. In Hasidus, is in Demivor, as Demichovan from Minu Hamelach is a Tzveya Feinim Zel in Maila Mizah. The Hasidus explains that in the concept of appointing a king, there are actually two ways, two modalities, or two levels, one above the other. Aleph. You could either look at this as a utilitarian construct, something practical. Atam Pashut. What would be the Pashut Atam? For uh, appointing a king, because of the Pirkei you have to have authority. You have to have some kind of system; otherwise, people will swallow each other alive. So, the simple reason for appointing a king is to have law and order. Even though you might say, everybody understands, it's logical, we have to have some law and order. Is this a bernit genuk? But it's never enough, as we know very well. Because like it says, the eye sees something, the heart wants it, and all the law and order, in theory, flies out the window. And that's why you have to have something to fear. And out of fear, you might control yourself. But if you don't fear anybody, you'll do whatever you want. That's the more pushed reason for appointing a king. Base. But now we get to the higher level. <clears throat> but what if you have this utopian situation where the mind always reigns over the heart, meaning people are always acting properly? Then it would seem you don't have to appoint a king for the above-mentioned reason of controlling the masses. But the Rebbe says there are certain aspects. Okay, you could rely on most people to know that you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't steal, etc., etc. But there are things that person might not intuit that the masses on the, the the man on the street doesn't necessarily know by themselves. But the king, because of his elevated uh, status, 
and and here using the words from Shmuel Olive about Shaul that he was a shoulder higher than everybody else physically and of course spiritually and in every other way. But the king, because of his uh, elevated status, understands these things and he issues decrees for everybody to. Um, to comport themselves in consonance with these ideas. And whether the people in the kingdom understand or they don't understand, they do it because the king said to do it. And this was actually the, the, um, the true reason the, the at the root and in essence, that's the reason for appointing a king for Am Yisrael. Because who is our king? Our king and our master is the Ebishter. And the king is just the Mimutza, um, just the, the, the agent, the, <clears throat> the middle person to connect the Yid with the Melech Malchem Lachem HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Eden mitzad atzmam zaynim aminim. Farshteyin un film azeya chayos nemtzich from Malchus HaShel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Jews are essentially believers. And as such, they understand, and more than understanding, they feel that the vivifying force comes from Hashem. Vos das darf bei zeya reis rufin dem bitl som eibishter. And naturally, once you know this and you feel this, you're going to be in a place of bittel towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But when they are in a situation where they don't feel this inherently, and therefore they are missing bittel, only then do they need the agent that is the king. And because they fear the king, through this, they get a bitl and a yira for, for Hashem. But when Jews are the way they're supposed to be, and they have this inherent bitl to Hashem, then the whole idea of appointing a king is on a completely different level, on a higher level. Because there are aspects of Elokus that Jews cannot access on their own because they are higher than what we can grasp. Is there melech was mitzad malasi kanal hotter hasoga echinze mam shikumashpia ze tum am yisro? So the king, because of his exalted status, can access these aspects of Elokos and bring them down to Bene Yisro. On das poil pa idin oich a hechen oifen von yiro ubito. And this in turn causes the Bnei Yisrael to have a higher level of awe and a higher level of self-abnegation. This is a type of bitl that is higher than what we would be able to grasp on our own and understand on our own. And if you're seeing kind of 
the outline of a parallel between the sicha we just did with the two aspects and this sicha, it's 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 very interesting to kind of see that gimel al then for emphra to shelas and once we understand the dual aspect of the inyan of a melech, we can answer the questions of why was Shmuel so disappointed by B'nai Yisrael? Why was Hashem so disgusted? And Le'idach, on the other hand, irrespective of how disappointing this was, Hashem said to Shmuel, give it to them. Give them a melech. Why? Because Shmuel, as the faithful shepherd of his nation, he wanted that they should be on this level where they have the, the real bittle to Elikus of their own volition. Not that they should have to use a king as an intermediary, as a crutch. And why was there a mitzvah to have a king? The king would be able to bring them in to a higher level of bitul and yira. Yira ilah, the more exalted level of awe of Hashem. But these are the words when the Jews asked for a king. They said, we want a king like all the nations have a king. A uh, melech that will keep law and order and authority. And this showed that B'nai Yisrael were missing Yerushalayim. And this is something they should have inherently had. And this is why Hashem said they disgusted me. Because they were missing something so basic and necessary. And now we can understand that once the Ebesh just kind of saw and assessed what their situation was, now we understand why the Ebesh had noch gegeben, it's the Yiddish word for like to give in. Why did the Ebesh give in, Kavyachal? Well, then Ba'idin felt because when a Jew is missing awe, for whatever reason, is So even though you would expect that a Jew should be able to come to the necessary level of bittel Hashem on his own, does kemen itvarten? But you can't wait for that to happen. So I mean, I, I think that this is something that we come up against as parents, as teachers, as um. Just, you know, you want to have a certain level. You, you know, there should be a certain bar. But, but, but if the child or if the student or if the person interacting doesn't have that, so, so you could either stand on your principle and say, oh, no, that's the way it's supposed to be. I'm going to wait till the and they do the right thing. Or you have to go towards them because <laughs> what, 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 what kind of choice do you have? Going to have a yid without al shamayim? This Jew needs a king. He needs law and order immediately. He needs an authority that will teach him and maybe even stronger than teach him, warn him about what has to be done. And now, 
And then once you put that stopgap measure in place, as it were, then you hope that they will slowly come to the level that you would have hoped they had to begin with in Bittul and Yirah, until they will finally reach that higher level of Yirah Ilah. Dalit. From everything we have to take out a hayra in our avayda. And that's also as something that's, that's I think, kind of poignant and beautiful about what we did today, because we did a sikha that was haskalabik, you know, it was, it was, it was ideas that we had to learn, chasidus, and now we're going into the avayda. And this is, this, the whole sikha really here is, is, is is avoided. In in this time of Golas, we don't have a kink. So is this whole discussion simply academic? Of course, the Rebbe says no. Zogan Abrachazal, the Gemara teaches, Man Malke Rabbonan. Who are the Malachim today? They are the Rabbonim. Azoivis is dot the mitzvah for Minoy Melach. Alder Zehatayid of Zichdem Tsiboyfun. Malki Rabbanan, Yeah, we don't have a king today, but we still have the mitzvah of Minri Melech. And what is that? That we have to make for ourselves a Rav. And here we have a Rav from, from the, from the Inyan Minri Melech. So just like we had that a king has higher levels and lower levels in terms of what a king accomplishes, right? So the Rebbe says, there are those that think, that the lower, and maybe this means Gashmis rather than Ruchnius, maybe it means less complicated rather than more complicated. But the Rebbe says that there are people that think that regarding the lower, the Nidr Kenyanim, however you understand this, they understand and they could decide for themselves. So they don't have to ask a Rav about these things. The Mishnah Pirkei Avay says, you have to make for yourself a Rav. Every Yid needs a Rav. But this Yid thinks, this is talking about in Yonim Na'alim. And again, perhaps this means Ruchniistic things rather than Gashmistic things. Maybe this means more difficult situations. Maybe it means more nuanced situations. Then it's Kum Abers in Yonim Shutim. Is our maimin ba'atzmai? But when it comes to more simple things, he believes in himself. Adafnit ankumitz hashpaf and a rav does ken arlein often. He doesn't need a rav. He he can do it himself. I es gate door chameshech zman and a state noch alts in zelbe matzim namuch. But the Rebbe says, but 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 some time passes and he's still oscillating in this lower place. Remember, the lower place of the melech is 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 just to to provide law and order, right? So now the Rebbe is taking in the analog, but the Yid is still in the same place he was. But he still maintains that he doesn't have to go to a Rav with these questions. He's going to wait until a godly spirit is going to be 
is going to come upon him. He's going to wait until Hashem is going to send down this um, this spirit, this energy, and then he's going to be able to fix everything. So the Rebbe says, what's the Heira from this mitzvah of appointing a king? Now, nowadays, Hagam as as Olecha Ba'idin is in Yonai Pulasei Shal Melech Be'ikar Shayach Benegetz Hechem Hatekas. It's true that Sintasim Olecha Melech that ideally, right in a in a in a perfect world, it should be Taka about the higher level things. But when we're in a state where Hashem says, "You disgusted me." When we're in Golos, when we're in a lower state, or even if we suspect that we're in a lower state, so right away we have to use a king for the lower aspect of kingship, which is simply to restore law and order. Hey. There are those that say they can't find a rough. They have to know that this is just the Yitzhahara, um, whispering sweet somethings or nothings in your ear. It's the Eitza, and Pitui means like when you're, um, it's the seduction of the Yitzhahara. Because this is this famous um, 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 expression in the Medrash, B'nai Yisrael are not, we're, we're, we're not, we're not uh, orphans. In other words, we always say that we're a Dar Yassam, we're, uh, um, no, Alman is a, is, is a widower. In other words, yeah, we're depleted, but loy Alman Yisrael, there's always going to be people. It's not possible, Rebbe says, that amongst all the people that exist, there shouldn't be somebody that has more Abbas Hashem, more Yer Hashem than you. And therefore they could be your Rav, they could be your Mashpia. Nor Deruf, Darvzain Asay. But for this, there has to be a say, and the Rebbe says that that um, term, a say, is also used in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a term that means to force. You force people, in the olden days, it used to be that people would have to give a certain amount, like a tax, tztaka. and if they didn't give the right amount, the, the basin could come around and force them to, to pay up. You need to force your yeshus. And you also have to work hard. You have to put in toil. Until you'll find the rav. Because you can't rely on yourself. You have to have a rav. And if you will toil and you will work hard on this, you will certainly find somebody. If he's going to toil and look with the truth, he's going to find. And the Rav will learn with him the Parshish the Melech used to read in public during Hakel. Shema and Vahaya in Shamaya, right? 
Those were the two Pashyas, among the two Pashyas. Freer Shema versus Kabbalos Al Machu Shemayim. First, the paragraph of Shema, which is all about being Makabel Machu Shemayim. Und der Nach Vahayim Shemayim. Und was after die Ganecha? Everything given to verstehen, euch in Hasoga. So, first, there's going to be the transcendent aspect, Al Machu Shemayim. And then, the Rav is going to give him to understand Poshet Kipshutei in, in his Seichel, as the Vasafta Diganecha is totally in the Shamaya Tishmu, that our, ruch, our, our physical blessings, our gathering in of the, of, of the crops, is dependent on listening to Hashem and hearkening unto Hashem's mitzvahs. Or that by and after the Rav will arouse the lower level of Kabbalah Solom Bittel, that and then the Rav will be able to take him to the higher level. And all of this has a special connection to the time of Ikvist the Mashiach, where we could hear already the footsteps of Mashiach and take note that the Sikha was said in Tav Shin Yud Gimel. The Rebbe said, Erev Bias Mashiach Tzidkenu, that we are living in Erev Bias Mashiach Tzidkenu, but in Yonai is the Rebbe Zachin. Mashiach has both things. Rav, because it says about Mashiach, Yilamei Tera Alamin, Afilu La'avais Umeisha Rabbeinu, Al-Tarev explains the Lukatei Torah, that Mashiach will teach everybody Torah, and un melech, malka Mashiach. And of course, Mashiach will be a melech. So those are our two sikhas for today, as we get ready to go into Chaydash Elul. The Rebbe has definitely given us a, a lot to think about and to chew over and kind of put our head on our shoulders in, in, in the right way. Um, and anybody that wants to to share something, please. That's that's a special part of this, and uh, it's only eleven oh nine. Miraculously enough, please share. Thank you. Is there any like? I mean, I don't think this is such a serious question, and but like, I just kept thinking about. I mean, from you, it's already a serious question. No, I, I mean, I think I even have the answer from listening to the rest of the Sikha, but I kept thinking about how the Rebbe didn't want to take on the Nasiyas. And like you were talking about the Ratzon of the king, that were, but maybe the, but the Rebbe did want to lead the, the Hasidim. So that, that was the answer I, I kind of came up to. But yeah, I don't have anything to add to that, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. It's interesting. First of all, thank you very much, Rifki. But it's very interesting that the Rebbe spoke oh, about... You look so uh, cute. Okay, sorry. That was a little yeah, well, Yeah, it's winter. Can I do? It's, it's, thank you so much. It's very cold. So I'm wearing a hat. I'm in the winter. Um, so basically... I mean, top of the shake, obviously. Verstandig, <laughs> verstandig. verstandig. I enjoyed the edition. enjoyed the Hebrew both fine. Very interesting. You said Toshin Yud Gimel, the Rebbe said about a Selah Rav. Wow. Okay. I'm so, so when the Rebbe repeated it, I mean, when the Rebbe asked for everybody to get a Machbiya, which was in after Toshin Mem Hay for sure, must have been Toshin Mem Ches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I was also, I was also like, 
Wow. So, and it was a Bakasha Nafshis that the Rebbe said, Tavshimem Ches. But uh, no, Tav Ches, I mean, I, I'm throwing around years. I don't know, Zayn Ches, Tes, I'm not sure. But um, it's it's amazing. I just want to, uh, it's, yeah. So I wasn't the only one that was so surprised. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also the shyness of Erev B.S. Mashiach. I mean, right. Well, that that brings up the little anxiety. Without going there, <laughs> for me. positive stress. I don't know because I'm th- okay. Whatever. Okay. I love I love all the little Hasidim. Beautiful. That's exactly what the Rebbe wanted. They should see their mothers learning Hasidus. Amazing. Thank you so much. Okay, we should, everybody. Yeah, Kol Tov. And we should go into the Chedesh Elul with, with all the Chedesh that we need for the coming year, for ourselves and for the Zulas, for anybody else that, that, that is relying on us. And we should take it from Yad, go be Makabal Mashiach Tzedkenu. Amen. Thank you very much. Hope of everybody. Yeah.